This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. What is that noise? <laughs> I dropped well, something. <laughs> if you were sleepy on this Monday morning, you are now. Now ready. you're up. <laughs> because I will not edit that part out. We will nope. leave the bang in. Um, we want you guys to feel like we're normal people, you know? Absolutely. It is Instead a, a working You're bumbling about I avoided. Yeah. I am probably... I was, we were supposed to do this about 20 minutes ago. I completely flaked on the plan and um, probably got a bunch of tickets on my way to, uh, make, to make it to home on time. Uh, and uh, yeah, but anyway, welcome Monday. We are on our last, I guess, uh, chapter of um, review before we just hammer some questions down. So that's yeah, exciting. It seems like people's favorite things are just to do questions on the go. So... Yeah, that but I mean, is what we will do. Yeah, I think actually somebody emailed me about this. I have to respond. But if people, when people are asking us, like, what is the right way to study for this? Mm. Um, hold on. Um, when when people are asking us what is the right way to study for this, then there's definitely a part where you should review the core concepts mm -hmm. um, and and spend some time on this, which is what we're trying to do. And then you'll have like four months to hammer down questions. And, you know, if you're just starting studying for the boards, we have like a lot of content, like in the last 18 Two months. Years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so hopefully that will help people. For sure. All right. So we're starting with uh, nutrition today. We're starting with fetal growth. Is that? That's um, right. All right. Do you mind if I take this on? Yes, please. All right. Okay, so fetal growth, uh, we are on page two of volume five. So fetal growth rate increases with advanced gestational ages. So basically what that means, it doesn't mean that the baby is supposed to gain weight as gestational age increases. Obviously mm -hmm. that's, that's a duh, but how much weight the baby is supposed to be gaining increases with increased gestational age. So while uh, a 16 to 20 weeker uh, in utero is supposed to gain about five grams a day, uh, a 33 to 35 weeker is supposed to gain 31 grams per day. And so the expected rate in which a baby should be growing in grams per day increases with the degree of gestation. I, I mean, there's a table if you want to memorize it, good for you. I don't know how yield that would be. Um, I, but I do think it's important to know that it's not entirely linear. Which is That's exactly right. To. That's what I was going to say. So, um, so it is. It it sort of peaks in the in the mid 30s in terms of the weeks of gestation, and then it slows down uh, after 36 week of gestation. Um, I, I actually think this table is very helpful. We have some very little babies, you know, in the unit, and I think we expect a lot of them, and they mm -hmm. wouldn't even grow as fast as we expect them to in utero. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is helpful, especially clinically. Mm -hmm. You expect them to grow less the more um, the more fetuses you have, so um, obviously if you have twins, triplets, and so on, the rate of the rates uh, will sort of decline. Um, in terms of 
the types of twins, I mean, the authors here do make a mention of the fact that monochorionic twins grow, uh, have lower growth rates than dichorionic twins. Um, and then they make the difference between small for gestational age versus intrauterine growth restriction. I think those two terms are often used interchangeably, but they are not the same. And the board may want you to know the difference. Mm -hmm. So the difference is what? SGA is a baby that when born and weighed falls below the 10th percentile uh, on the growth curve, right? So that's small for gestational age. IUGR describes a fetus that is not reaching its growth potential due to whatever reason. We talked about IUGR before on the podcast, but it's just not growing where it's supposed to be. Um, and maybe a baby is supposed to be growing on the 50th percentile, but is not. But then at the end of the day, you weigh them and they're actually above the 10th percentile after they're born. So they're not, they were IUGR, but they're not SGA. So be very careful between uh, using these terms interchangeably. Um, in terms of determinants of fetal growth, I think uh, it's interesting to understand that all these things are separated into categories. We have genetic factors that could affect that. And then you have maternal factors and placental factors. So in terms of maternal factors that could be affecting fetal growth, um, we're going to have physiologic environment, the uterine size, the type of implantation you have in terms of the, the placental implantation, the uterine circulation. Nutrition is a big role. Um, and for fetal growth to be significantly affected, you would need to have like a famine, basically. Like if a mother eats a light diet, it should not really affect, like the baby should still continue to grow, meaning the fetus is not super sensitive to minor changes in the mother's diet. Um, and I think that's what they've studied when they looked at the Dutch famine and so on in the prior studies. Endocrine uh, issues on the maternal side could be a problem increased circulating growth hormone and growth hormone like peptides uh, lead to a state of relative insulin resistance, which increased glucose and lipid concentration. The, the increase of glucose delivery to the fetus stimulates fetal insulin production, which in turn promotes fetal growth, adiposity, and restricts protein breakdown, sort of what you're seeing with babies who are macrosomic in mothers who have gestational diabetes. The effects of placental lactogen appear to be mediated by insulin-like growth factor. And then finally, we have placental factors, which involves nutrient delivery and metabolism and the placental production of hormones and growth factors. So that is fetal growth. Mm -hmm. Are you... The next section yeah. is fetal composition. And I don't know why, but they love to ask this question. So basically, what components of the fetal composition are increasing with gestational age and birth weight and which ones are decreasing with advancing gestational age and birth weight? Um, this is something you just have to commit to memory. And I think it actually makes some sense. So these are the things that increase with advancing gestational age and birth weight. Our intracellular water increases, protein increases, fat increases, calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, and iron all increase. So I think this makes sense. As the fetus is growing and developing, it needs more of all of these things. The things that decrease with advancing gestational age and birth weight are total body water. I told you intracellular water increases with events in gestational age and birth weight, but total body water decreases with advancing gestational age. Extracellular, extracellular water then 
also, likewise, will decrease. So if you have more intracellular water, you have less extracellular water. The sodium content and the chloride content also decrease with advancing gestational age and birth weight. And I don't have a good way to know this, <laughs> except that I would think about it when a baby is brand new on the first day of life, we tend to avoid using um, additional sodium in the first day of life. They just don't need it. So I think that helps me remember that as the, as the fetus matures, it needs less, there is less sodium content and less chloride content. Okay. Yeah. Um, which, hmm, yeah, I mean, you could try to make sense of it with the water and stuff. I mean, I, I think That's it's right. confusing. <laughs> I think the one that they, that they like to talk about is obviously the total body water and, and right. so on. I think it's important to remember that overall your, your baby is getting contracted in terms of how much water they can, the baby contains. And while, and the, and the part that's going to take the brunt of this is the extracellular part and the intracellular part is actually going to increase, which is there. That's super counterintuitive, but the increase in intracellular water volume is not significant to actually make a dent into the change of total body water. The drop in extracellular mm -hmm. is so great that overall you're net negative. Right. Um, the rest, I'm not, I don't have a smart way of helping you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think these are, these, these are few enough that people can remember them. I think so. I think so. Okay. So let's talk about fetal energy expenditure and where uh, does their energy source comes from? So the estimated fetal energy expenditure is 35 to 55 kcals per kilo per day. And this makes I think sense. you should, I think you should know that. I yeah. think people should know that. I know it sounds like an esoteric number, right? But I think I've seen it being asked um, during my reviews. Yeah. Um, and I think this makes sense because they're attached to their mother who is doing most of the work. So I'd say this is, a, you know, a quarter to a third of what a neonate needs. Um, 35 to 55 kcals per kilo per day. So the major energy source, and I think these are important, um, two-thirds of the fetal energy source is maternal glucose. And it is transferred across the placenta by facilitated diffusion. So that's that's going to be a question. That's know. a question. You got to know that's the placental a... transfer for sure. <laughs> but you, you got to know that glucose is facilitated diffusion. I think... I think it's always tested. All right. I'm going to say my mnemonic. It helps Go me. Ahead. Okay. So I think of glucose as a really easy energy source, right? It's easy to find. I remember it's it. Simple sugar. <laughs> and uh, facile. It's uh, easy. Facile means easy in, in Spanish or French. Yeah. That's true. That's right. Good for you. <laughs> so um, that's how I remember. Glucose transferred across the placenta by facile or facilitated diffusion. And then acquired glucose has three major roles in fetal life. Uh, glycolysis, which is the major pathway for fetal glucose utilization. Uh, it acts as a carbon source. You remember all those C's that are broken down. <laughs> um, and this is essential for fetal growth. And then uh, over time, we have glycogen storage. So I told you two-thirds of the energy comes from maternal glucose. One-fourth of the energy comes from placental lactate. Placental lactate is another thing. Uh, if you go back to the MFM section, um, uh, another very important um, energy source. And then the remaining, because two-thirds plus one-fourth is not 
a full energy source is from maternal depends on, the, the, depends on the size of your fourths i guess, I guess so. <laughs> um, and so this is another thing you gotta know maternal amino acids are transferred across placenta by active transport amino acids move actively and this makes sense they're a big bulky um substance and so they they need to move by active transport and um, acquired oh, amino yeah. acids are important for fetal tissue growth, metabolic fuel, and they are the source of the gluconeogenic, gluconeogenic substrates, alanine, glutamic acid, and aspartic acids. And we will talk more about those amino acids in a little bit. Okay. Before you do a question, I have another piece of review because I think we've talked about types of placental transfers and I think yeah, we can just we go, go over them quickly. again. So facilitated yeah. diffusion. Because you this wanna... is always a question, right? Yeah, and it doesn't change very much. It's like primed. It's like <laughs> yeah. primed. Yeah, it's like juicy meats for the the board uh, for the board exam. So, facilitated diffusion. You have glucose. Easy enough. Active amino, right? AA amino acid is active diffusion. So I remember that as triple A. Um, amino acids are active uh, transport. And then um, there's a few. Um, we can get into the other stuff but there's one that you do need to know which is the types of vitamins so active transfer is water soluble vitamins okay so water soluble vitamins are going through active uh, diffusion when it comes to fat soluble vitamin it is simple diffusion okay i think fat i think f i think sf san francisco that's easy. That's the way I remember it. I don't know. It doesn't, it's not a super bright thing, but that's how I had memorized it. Most medications go through um, simple diffusion. And since the fat soluble vitamins go through simple diffusion, so do lipids. So it's kind of easy to remember that fat lipids, they go through simple diffusion. Then if you want to get into the weeds of, of oxygen, CO2, H2O, sodium chloride, all that stuff goes through simple diffusion. I think you may have to commit that to memory. And then the other ones, calcium, phos, mag, iron, and iodine go through active diffusion. But I do think for my purposes, if I could make you remember only a few things, glucose is facilitated diffusion, active diffusion is amino acids and water-soluble vitamins, and then simple diffusion is lipids and fat-soluble vitamins. Okay, what's our question for today? Well, we were going to do questions all on Friday this week. Oh, Sorry, so we're, we're all set for today. All right, buddy. I will see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to nikupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at nikupodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.